Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deck, and most importantly, you are you. You are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Let's start today with a question. Guys, have you ever walked into a room only to forget why you came in there in the first place? Consistently. (laughs) (laughs) It's sort of like, you know, losing your keys or something like that, too. I think it comes from the same place of kind of, you know, scattershod brainedness. We learned something about this, Ben. Something with doorways, right? Right. Yep. You're you're on the money. We're on the same page. Uh, This is a helpful psychological, uh, I don't know if it's a hack, because it's not going to be to the advantage of the human mind, but when people walk through entrances or exits, on some level, the neurotypical brain will assume it's a new situation, like a new level of a video game, right? So you are no longer, in some way, you're no longer the person that was on the other side of the entry. So if you want, I guess the hack is, if you want to forget stuff, just walk through a bunch of doorways. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what works for me. I'm serious because this really does happen to me quite frequently uh, in my new, especially in my new house, because it's less familiar to me, I think. So the new doorway really is a reset. I walk back out the same door, whichever one I went into, and I just kind of stand there for a moment, collect my thoughts, and then generally I can remember why I went into that other place. (laughs) You can also do, um, I don't know if there's a real thing. This is just something I do. I call it a micro mnemonic uh, approach. Like when you are, before you go to look for the thing, when you realize you lost something, do do a small motion that will create a a, a small a short lived sense memory. Like cross mm. your fingers and to your point, Noel, think, like cross your fingers and think keys, or you know, put your arms akimbo, a word we never get to use, uh, and and say to yourself keys. And then go look for them. And then if you're in a room and you're wondering, why am I here? What has life led me to? Cross your fingers again or put your arms akimbo and then it'll hit you. You'll be like, oh, I'm supposed to record a show. That's why I'm here. You know, it's funny, but I mean, the the things that you're describing sound an awful lot like superstitious behaviors or like things that maybe a baseball player would do in order to like have quote unquote good luck. Right. But 
that's the thing, right? You're basically talking about weaponized psychology, you know, to try to kind of game yourself into doing, you know, having your brain cooperate and do what you want. Well, it's, and it's although, pairing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's creating multiple pathways toward the desired, you know, train of thought. And like most people, if you're like most people, fellow conspiracy realists, at some point, you have experienced a sudden bout of forgetfulness. Even people with the real-life superpower of eidetic memory, which is different from photographic memory, because eidetic memory is real and photographic memory doesn't actually exist, even those folks will have a difficult time recalling some things. It can be really frightening, you know? It's weird. For most of us, it's kind of like a bout of the hiccups or an unintended fart. It freaks you out and then it's gone. And and you move on with your life. You know who you are. You know what this object in space that you call yourself is. Today's episode explores something really odd, an extreme version of this forgetfulness. Uh, We're going to talk about something that might be unfamiliar to a lot of people, individuals who are called the living unidentified. People who, for one reason or another, have forgotten themselves. They, it, it never clicked back, right? The, the lost keys in this case were their identities, and they are still looking for those keys. This is the story of a man who chose to call himself Benjamin Kyle. Well, I think this is a trope that a lot of people are familiar with from, you know, film and television, like the idea of someone turning up in a town and they don't know their own name or they don't know who they are. It's a really interesting way of kind of exploring the mystery, you know, especially when the person at the center of the mystery doesn't have all the information like uh, Memento Memento. would be a good example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Memento is probably the quintessential example of that in the world of film. And then there's also, uh, oh, Angel Heart. Robert De Niro, right? Plays, well, I don't want to spoil yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> Louis Cipher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Do the, that's, do that's the, do the math. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Guys, I watched a movie called The Snowman the other day. That just Ooh, happened it, to be isn't it hilariously bad? It, got, uh, it, it was pounded <laughs> in the press. Um, the main character is Harry Hole. Yeah, he, and, it's a series of books. Yeah, I know, Harry Hole. I yeah. know, but it's just... No, it's God, just said it's, over it's a, and over and it's a with zero name. with zero like recognition that the guy's mm-hmm. name is Harry Hole. Come on. Oh, Matt, forgot to tell you, uh, figured out on on a different show, uh, we figured out a great alias. Yeah. If, if Witsack lets you choose your own uh, name, you should probably go with uh, or we respectfully submit that uh listeners should should consider what what was it no uh Ponchek Pushki Ponchek Ponchek Pushki which is the singular and plural of uh a specific Mardi Gras a, a Polish Mardi Gras donut type treat yeah. um, but we're not talking about Ponchek Pushki no. we're not talking about Harry Hole we're no, talking we're about, talking about Benjamin we're talking Benjamin. about Benjamin M A N M I N Kyle. Here are the facts. The story, the best way to start the story is in Richmond Hill, a small town near Savannah in our home state of Georgia. On August 31st, 2004, right after Matt and Noel and I celebrated our birthdays, it's not included in most of the media, but it's true. Uh, there was an employee at a Burger King, Sun Yo Hour, who walked out to the dumpster, you know, there at work, walk out to the dumpster, only to find an unconscious, nude, sunburned, rash-ridden guy in front of the dumpster and riddled with fire ant bites. So And fire what, ants. And fire ants crawling, crawling on crawling on the poor guy. And so what do you do? This is not what you signed up for when you decide to get a paycheck at Burger King. You freak out. Yeah. You go, uh, yikes. I need to call someone. This looks like it might be a dead body. Right. This is not a typical day at Burger King. Right. And also, you know, 
I like that you're pointing out the idea of whether or not it's a corpse, because if someone's not visibly moving, if they're not visibly breathing, then the best way for you as a civilian to see if they're alive is to touch them. And so understandably, our pal Son Yo Auer said, nah, let's call the cops. Well, it's a re- that's a real, this is a serious situation there to think about whether or not you actually physically even walk over near the scene, right? You shouldn't. It, you it's should like never. we talked about with the gun, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do? Like, probably the best thing as a civilian is raise your hand and say, uh, somebody with the authority to professional, actually please. take care of this, do it, please. Well, mm-hmm. not only that, I mean, the professional to help the individual, but also to make sure that you're not in some way seen as culpable or, exactly. you know, or do something wrong or get mixed up in something. By the way, you guys, you know what my first ever job was? Laying in front of a Burger King dumpster? Not not in, not in front. Okay. Uh, I did take a lot of trash out to the Burger King dumpster, though. You worked at a Burger King? I worked at a Burger King. That was oh, my first job when oh, I was nice. like 16. Dude, Whoppers? Whoppers are awesome. They're I great. didn't have one until like well into adulthood. We were doing this show when I finally tried oh, a Whopper. It's the superior fast food burger. There's no question about it. But I learned in working there that you can do all kinds of stuff. You know, their whole have it your way thing. That's real. You can yeah. ask for it hot. You can ask for it cut in half. You can ask for it, you know, with all kinds of other fixings. And yeah, if you ask for it hot, you get a fresh one. And, and there's little little modifiers on the cash register for those things. They're very real. A lot of secret menu stuff at Burger King. Well, you can get, you can get, uh, like if you go to a fast food place, I would hope as long as you're not rude and whinging and demanding, you can get people to work with you. You know what I mean? Like, For sure, but it really is codified within the whole Burger King code of ethics and customer service. Well, one thing that is also codified, at least at this Burger King, is knowing when to contact authorities. Yep, and they so, did that thing. <laughs> yeah, and they did that, which is the correct move. Uh, this person regains consciousness in the system now for the purposes of law enforcement there in Richmond Hill, this would be a John Doe. No ID, right? Because there are no clothes. Uh, The officer on the scene did... We don't want to make him sound like a jerk because it was the logical thing. They, in their report, they described this individual as a sleeping vagrant. Then the vagrant catches a non-consensual Uber to St. Joseph's Hospital in Savannah, Georgia, where uh, the hospital staff decides to call him Burger King Doe, D-O-E. Great street name, but also, also it makes sense because if you are in a large medical facility in a city and you get a lot of people who are temporarily John Doe's, you have to differentiate between them. So this is Burger King Doe. And interestingly enough, you know, they, they ran tests. They did all the things. Um, you know, he did have cataracts, like you mentioned, but uh, he did not have, he did not test positive for any illegal substances. And you'll find in some reporting on this story that people will state he was found bloodied or beaten like not true. Or it's not true at least not according to the reporting was in what was it fire ant the, the new <laughs> republic the new republic article that was published like one of the original ones that really talked about this in depth uh they did say that there there were three small depressions found on his skull but yeah but they were older exactly they'd been around right. for a long time yeah yeah he had some he also had some scarring uh on his left arm and on his neck, but these were old. These were not fresh wounds. The The freshest wounds he had were from fire ants. And as any anyone who lives in the U.S. can attest, uh, fire ants are not to be messed with. Well, you'll get some welts from that, but it's not going to draw blood. Right. And, and it's and, definitely not going to mess with your mental state. No, no. Unless you have an allergy or something. It could, like, cause you to go into some sort of shock, but not... Meant not cognitive, I can't imagine, even 
with an Yeah, otherwise people would be getting high on fire ants, which they're not currently I'm sure doing. someone is. You don't know. Yeah, there's probably a Someone's secret chapter to, to the Anarchist Cookbook. Pe- you know? People have tried to get high on everything. We're talking Smoking about Anarchist ants. Cookbook. Don't trust it, by the way. The um, I have multiple versions of that work, and it's important, but they're not all the same version. There's There's some trolling in there, but it is how I found out about nutmeg. The sailor's high. So so this guy is, And a delightful seasoning for your hot cocoa. It's pretty great. Uh, so this guy is um, of European descent. He's in his 50s, uh, aside from his cataracts, which are pretty severe. He looks like an average dude, health-wise. Uh, as you pointed out, Noel, uh, there's no trace of serious alcohol, no trace of serious drugs in his system, nor are there traces of long-term drug abuse, which are also very visible, right? Uh, And one doctor seemed a little surprised to say, oh, oh, BK Doe, his, uh, his lab results are all within normal limits. And the main thing they could tell then it's like you're looking at a car and you say, okay, the engine works, uh, needs a new paint job, but there's it's got no VIN number, <laughs> but there's no VIN. That's great. Yeah, actually, I like that. There's no VIN. And uh, he had a long scraggly beard with junk in it and uh, his fingernails were all raggedy and dirty, but he looked like a normal guy who had just been living rough without explanation. Psychologically, though is very, very different. And folks in the audience today who have medical experience, um, first, thank you. And secondly, you might recognize some of these symptoms we're about to describe. The guy refuses to eat or speak at first. He's in St. Joseph's for about eight days. He does speak occasionally. Like he comes out of his shell a little bit, but mainly to beef up with the doctors. He doesn't want the doctors or the nurses, anyone on the staff to interact with them. The few things he does say are pretty confusing. He says he lived in the woods for about 17 years. Uh, when they asked him about his identity, he gave them a version of the name they had put on him in the hospital. He said, they call me BK around here. And Whenever someone said, okay, yeah, sure, but what's your real name? He would say they were confusing him and say they were confusing him on purpose. And then he would either go back to sleep or feign sleep. Mm-hmm. So let's transfer him to the psych ward and put him on Haldol. <laughs> right? I mean, that is That's the next uh, well, logical move. I know. I know. It's protocol. He was like well, calling the nurse staff demons and, you know, spitting at people and stuff. I mean, it was. Uh, yeah. And he was a uh, potentially physical danger to them. He was, you know, like thrashing out at them. Right. He had to I be mean, restrained. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, putting him. I, I understand what you're saying. No, like it seems like a jump. Right. But he was like he did seem like he could potentially be dangerous, especially given his like confusion, his state of confusion he seemed to be in. Yeah, I've got some I've got some uh, contacts who work at a hospital in Atlanta called Grady. And <laughs> yeah, I could see uh, a lot, because a lot, we're, of, a lot we're, of action at Grady. We're an audio say, yeah. podcast. And uh, so, folks, uh, Paul, you probably saw this, too. As soon as I said Grady, uh, Matt and Noel both at once went mm. <laughs> and, uh, because we all know great Grady is. Um, Grady has one of the best burn slash trauma units in, in this part of the country and therefore the world. It also is a place that has a lot of, uh, similar situations, mental illness, unhoused people, things can get rough. Folks have to be restrained. If law enforcement arrests someone and has to take them to a hospital, they often take them to Grady and handcuff them. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't there a law or something, some policy at Grady where you can, if you go to the emergency room, it's not going to like bankrupt you? Like there's a thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, and it's good that that exists. But right? it also makes it a heavily trafficked hospital, to your point, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, people don't go to hospitals for fun. 
right? If you go in the waiting room of a hospital, no one in there is having the best day of their life, right? So, I mean, outside of maternity wards. Anyway, so doctors figure this guy for a catatonic schizophrenic. He's got all, he's showing the signs of this. And without further analysis, that's a reasonable assumption. Like you said, Noel, they prescribe Haldol, non consensually uh, dose him up with this pretty strong antipsychotic, and they transfer him to a psychological ward at another hospital across town. It's called Memorial. Whole time, when they can get through to the dude, he is saying he has no idea where he's from. He has no idea who he is, and he has no idea how he ended up in Georgia in the first place. It's like a sudden moment of clarity, of lucidity, decades into his life. And he had a vague series of, you could call them images, frozen tableau, uh, about his life before he was found in front of that Burger King stuff. You should know, by the way, shout out credit where it's due. They did a great episode on this uh, several years back. Uh, and I think it was, I, I want to say it was before the revelations that we're about to explore today, but well, let's wait, talk about that tableau yeah. just really fast. Cause yeah, it was what things, did he know? What did he say? It was things like, I remember the inside of this one movie theater. I remember, I think I worked in a restaurant. Because I, you know, I remember certain things about a restaurant. Um, I think I had a spidey sense that I'm from Indianapolis. I have three brothers. He was certain about one thing. He didn't know his social security number, right? A huge problem. Uh, he didn't know any parents' names, any family names. But he was certain that he was born on August 29th, 1948. And he said he had this, he said he knew this because he had the same birthday as Michael Jackson just 10 years uh, earlier. Wow. That's really interesting. Well, you know, and as a, as an attending doctor for somebody like this, you've probably seen something very similar before where in the end of that interaction, you find out, Oh, that that person was putting it on. They were faking it. So you might then apply that same logic to this situation and say, this guy's, yeah, he, come on. He's trying to get away from something, right? Why would you feign amnesia like that? You're, you're running from the law, right? But again, that's just logic kind of taking over. Right, right. And we're not painting the doctors here as jerks at all. They're working off precedent. Mm -hmm. And nine and, and times like out saying, of 10, people who are claiming they have this kind of amnesia, they're going to they're going to get better or they're going to reveal that they had untoward motives. Well, and like I was saying, I mean, I, I you know, I, maybe I, I don't mean to sound flippant or uh, like I'm disregarding medical professionals. I know it's very difficult to be, you know, a physician in one of these high pressure situations. We obviously have a lot of work to do on the healthcare system in this country, but they're following protocol. I mean, at, at an operation of that scale like this, or like a Grady situation, you have to tick boxes. There's only, you have to follow a certain standard operating procedure. And that's just, that's what you do. It's the only way to get people through and to, to make sure that people get the best care possible, which, you know, maybe isn't always the best care, but it's the best care possible. And so, We've got, if we look at our timeline now, right, it's August 2004, eight days at St. Joseph's. He ends up uh, in that psych ward at Memorial for four months. And after this, he is transferred to kind of a halfway house, a place for people who need help or assistance in one way or another. It's called J.C. Lewis Primary Health Care Center. And he tells the staff he's tired of going by the name BK or BK Doe. So he chooses his own name, just like you were in Witness Protection, which will come up later. Uh, he goes by the name Benjamin Kyle mm -hmm. until someone can help him find his identity. So still BK, technically, you yeah. know. Right. Yeah, Matt, you were saying that off air too. Like that's, you'd say like that's how he went with it um, or part of the inspiration. We're, we're speculating, but that does have the ring of truth. Also, he makes a good name for himself. He's not a crazy dude. He likes to assist. At, uh, he's volunteering to do chores. He's clearly articulate. Uh, he is able, this is important, he's able to remember 
the people and the events over there at J.C. Lewis Primary Healthcare Center, right? He, there's a story, again, in this great New Republic article by Matt Wolf, where, uh, where he apparently goes into the supply closet or the clothing donation bin and dresses in a way that's like a staff uniform. And he wants to help mop up, even though he, he can't see very well. He's basically legally blind at this point. And he starts to make friends as Benjamin Kyle. And for years and years, no one can figure out who he was. At least that is until 2015. We're going to pause for a word from our sponsor, and then we'll dive further into the strange case of Benjamin Kyle. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Here's where it gets crazy. Sometimes it just takes one person, one person caring. You know, history hinges on these tiny things. In this case, I would posit that a lot of the credit for solving the mystery goes to a nurse at Elsie Lewis named Catherine Slater. Yeah, it's interesting. You pointed out, Ben, in the outline, the idea of like, you know, living off the grid even or just having no identity isn't exactly a crime. I mean, I guess it's technically you're supposed to have a social security number, right? I mean, is that the law? Do well, you have to have one? You can use an uh, a tax ID or an EIN, some some like income tax activist. Uh, go with that. Got it. So, yeah, to your point, like uh, there, there wasn't like a criminal, you know, report filed because I guess a crime hadn't really been committed other than like, you know, he was naked, but he was, you know, a victim essentially. Right. So he wasn't a criminal. So therefore there was really no follow through, you know, from either the FBI in Savannah or the police, you know, who initially came to the scene at that Burger King. Right. Right. Like to Matt's point, he wasn't actually beaten. That's a misreporting. Uh, so who are you going to file a criminal complaint against the fire ants? You're going to take them to like fire ant court. How does that even work? Is what that is like this? kangaroo court? A jury for ants? <laughs> 
<laughs> let's uh, let's get into this person who helped uh, BK Benjamin out, uh, Catherine Slater, because she's really important. She uh, she worked a late shift, like a night shift, at the same time when Benjamin Kyle was doing a lot of work there, the, some of the volunteer work, and they ended up just striking up a friendship, and they started just talking with each other, being very friendly, and she is the one who basically was like, saw him as way more than just this guy who's also, you know, who's there, a patient. She saw him as a human being, as somebody that she wanted to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, that's that's the thing is the humanity, right? The empathy inherent here. Uh, she's also a bit of a bloodhound, right? She she has an investigative interrogative nature. She's the one who reaches out to the FBI. She's the one who reaches out to the cops. And they say, rightly, in their defense, they say, well, there's not really a crime here. And at this point, we should talk a little bit about the FBI. They have currently, as of 2023, as we're recording, they have the world's largest known fingerprint database. I'm snarkily sneaking in largest known because uh, between, between just us, and the Puzzle Palace folks, I'm pretty sure that Five Eyes has more fingerprints. Yeah, but, well, I mean, it, yeah. just think about all the background checks. There are basically two reasons why you are going to get fingerprinted on in the United States, at least. And it does vary by state, of course, because we have states laws. But it's because you get picked up for some misdemeanor to a felony, right? Something criminally wrong you did. You're going to get all 10 of your digits fingerprinted. Or you have to go through a criminal background check to get a job or to get approval for a couple different things. Interesting other uh, aspect here. And I'm surprised more people don't talk about this. There was a mass collection of innocent people's fingerprints with uh, identikits for kids, right? Oh, During, Jesus. Yeah, that's how they got a lot of people. Uh, but weirdly enough, Benjamin Kyle doesn't have his paws on any of these databases. So the FBI gets in this weird, like, uh, Joseph Heller-esque catch-22 situation. They know the guy. They know where he is, but they don't know who he is, so they put him on their missing persons page. They contact Interpol, and they have to explain this to Interpol. Yeah, we got a missing person. I mean, I he's here, I guess, but we don't know who he is. Do you, do you got any leads? Uh, what about you, Canada? And they're like, oh, break this down to me. And it was like, well, he's missing, but he's not missing. He's, he, how do you define missing? Uh, shout out to this one special agent who went off the books, did the right thing, contacted the marshals discreetly in the U.S. and said, hey, is this guy maybe in witness protection? And they said, no, we don't know who he is. Have you have you tried to run his fingerprints? And he's like, oh, my God, you guys, uh, dude. <laughs> we, need, we need to get iris scanners for everyone. <laughs> right. Protect your children. Give all their biometric data uh, over to, uh, to an Orwellian government. So shout out to uh, an employee at the GBI, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, because every Every state has a Bureau of Investigation. How about just a big old round of applause for the GBI? I know they're doing a ton of work that we really don't hear about very often. Good work. No, yeah. Oh, did I tell you? I um, One of my old friends, and I probably shouldn't say the name on air, uh, may have mentioned before, works for the GBI in... <laughs> basically, in, in the level of forensics where you go in and figure out how people died, and this person's sense of humor, 10 out of 10. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Gall Gallows-ish, <laughs> I imagine. I, these are off-air stories because we don't want to get too specific, but remind me when we're not recording, there's this thing with a lava lamp. You got to hear it. Oh, so, no. Yeah, it's exactly what you're thinking. It so, is, isn't it? Of course <laughs> it, it is. is. Of yeah. course it is. So, uh, okay, let's talk about this uh, GBI employee, Bo Preston. Bo Preston is training law enforcement in the ins and outs of using this enormous FBI database, right? This thing is labyrinthine. There's a lot of stuff there. Uh, you, you, it's not like riding a bike, right? So Bo Preston, she knows 
the system better than anyone else. So she is the person who is probably best suited to figure out whether this guy, Benjamin Kyle, is there under a different name. So in this database, you find 80,000 uh, active missing persons cases. Uh, and over the next year, again, you know, just to your point, Ben, Preston taking this upon uh, herself actually you know, combed through 350 cases generated by the system personally uh, with no, no real, you know, results, no, no hits. She was trying to find stuff that could possibly be tied to this guy. So like she's plugging in demographic data, basically, right? Bereft of fingerprints. That's what she's checking. So then she had a pretty genius idea to, you know, incorporate uh, Kyle's case into her training uh, curriculum, you know, which uh, which made sense because it was already a teachable kind of case in terms of how to deal with cases of folks like this. But also perhaps one of the trainees may recognize them. You know, that's that's, that's so really sad. what it takes. That's so it, sad. Yeah, it is. Well, it is. Sad, well, and sadly, none of that works. Nobody, no. still nobody recognizes this picture person. That, picture that moment in every class she's teaching, you know, where you're essentially playing the lottery and you're like, and here's one we couldn't find. Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? And it just, yeah. So props to Preston because that's the right thing to do. But again, looks like there are no leads. In It's 2007, so it's three years since uh, Kyle was found, right? Since BK Doe was found in that Burger King parking lot. And this nurse, Catherine Slater, reaches out to the media. Benjamin Kyle becomes a news phenomenon. The story is first reported in Savannah. National media picks it up. He's on NBC. He's on ABC. You name it. He starts a Facebook page. And as we all know, Facebook is really good at getting personal information. But even Mark Zuckerberg doesn't know who this guy is. I feel like I walked a little bit down the street to take that pot shot at Zucks. Because <laughs> he's like personally going through all of our private data for you for, for laughs. Yeah, I get it. No. <laughs> he's like, who is this guy? Yeah. But every year, four years, each and every single attempt to discover this dude's true or former identity ended up with bupkis failure across the board. And it's not like he wasn't shown on the news. Like, seriously, the news. Benjamin's face was on there. There were reports about him. He went on Reddit and did an AMA. And this is in a time when Reddit was in its heyday, when everybody was like, oh, we got to use Reddit. Reddit's the best. At least that's when, uh, I think that's when we got on Reddit around, the, around that time. Uh, and AMAs were a big deal there, at least for a while. I'm, I'm not sure where they stand right now. But uh, he went on, he did all that stuff. Nobody recognized him still. It's 10 years later and nobody knows this guy. And so, again, it sounds like we're shouting this guy out a lot. The journalist, Matt Wolf, uh, with whom we have not spoken directly. But right now, Wolf has, at least for for my Ben Bucks, Wolf has the uh, best reporting on this in the New Republic. He really broke the story. Yeah, he, uh, he, Wolf, uh, has this beautiful quote where he notes just how extraordinary and unusual and disturbing the Kyle case is. He says, quote, we live in an age of extraordinary surveillance and documentation. The government's capacity to keep tabs on us and our capacity to keep tabs on each other is unmatched in human history. Matt Wolf, welcome to the show. We've been waiting for you. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, old Matt and Ben. Can, can we shy. make an episode? Matt, Matt please. Wolf. <laughs> please. That's what he um, talks like. Well, Matt goes into, like, the NSA's, you know, capabilities and, and like, outlines a lot of the stuff we've discussed on this show. And I, lo- I love he points out how ridiculous it is. It seems ridiculous that somebody could fall through the cracks. Yeah, this guy is a ghost. This is a real weird habeas corpus case. You know, you have the body, but nothing else. Right. Uh, This guy like this guy is either the worst person at committing pseudocide or he's telling the truth. And 
even if, and this is a great point in New Republic article, even if Benjamin Kyle, quote unquote, is faking amnesia, there would have been some trace of him somewhere. Again, logically, it would just be a case of finding the name, right? We're looking for someone who's never had military service. They've never had a background check. They've never been arrested, at least brought in, right? Even to a a tank. And they are not one of those generations that got signed up to fingerprinting in childhood. Let's intro a guy out of Atlanta, uh, our hometown, a neuropsychologist named Jason King. Jason King is the first expert who really gets an in-depth psychological analysis of Kyle. Yeah, he uh, was able to take a look at him, speak with him, examine him directly. Uh, and he came to the conclusion that Kyle um, was likely suffering from what's called dissociative amnesia, uh, which, as you may have put together, is a kind of memory loss that is specifically brought about by trauma, uh, stress associated with trauma specifically. So in 2008, Slater and Kyle uh, do what she, the next logical step here is to fly to L.A. and go on the Dr. Phil show. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm only laughing because it's just, you know, it, it is, it, you know, I know what you're going to say, Matt, and you're totally right, I think. It's another way of blasting this out, you know, giving it a wider audience, a wider reach, in the hopes of, you know, turning up some results. Dr. Phil's is, a terrible person. Yes, well, well, he is. That's despite what, yeah. all that, in 2008, Dr. Phil is the Huge! Stuff. Yeah. I mean, seriously, 2008 Ooh. Dr. Phil's a little, hits a little different <laughs> than he does right now. <laughs> right, and because, right. because he was so, he was well-liked by millions of people and and that you can see that by the numbers here right it's not like nobody saw that episode yeah exactly yeah uh more than four million people tune in when the episode goes live october 16th 2008 it's uh it's a segment called or the episode is called who am i and spoiler they don't answer it because they they're they're trying you know and they can't do it and you can you can see that um Catherine Slater, you know, she accompanies Benjamin Kyle. She doesn't want to go on air, but the producers really push her to do so. So against her better judgment, she becomes part of the brouhaha. And and now we have to think, right? So people see their Dr. Phil segment or whatever. They see their evening news at their regional affiliate, and they think, huh, that's weird. And they might go... Uh, to internet forums and do some armchair sleuthing, but eventually they forget about the story. And the thing about news cycles is that the stories continue well after ABC or NBC or insert here stops talking about it. And I think we should pause just to acknowledge how much the situation, there's no other way to say it. The situation sucks for this guy. Think of like, Okay, so there's like an order of operations to exist in U.S. society, right? You got to have a social security number. You got to have some version of a birth certificate, whether it's from Hawaii or Kenya. Whew, hot takes. Uh, Well, yeah, but how do you you get something like... (laughs) Barack Obama was born in the U.S. It's pretty Yeah, yeah, okay. No, I'm just joking. Um, But but, no, but really, so you don't have a birth certificate. Mm Mm-mm. How do you get something like a social security number, which is issued after your like right after you're born? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's what I was kind of getting at too earlier about like it's not illegal to not have a social security number, but I guess you do. You are supposed to have some sort of identifying, you know, like the VIN number argument, right? There's, to be alive, you're supposed to be tagged. If you don't have those two things what form of identification are you taking down to the dmv to get a driver's license or a state id right it's, there are, I, yeah i would say you, again you can get that like tax id thing uh or with what though what right. do you get a tax id with well that's <laughs> people who are not this guy the parents <laughs> can do this yeah. it is to your point noel is not illegal on the books to uh, not have a social security number, but I would argue it is functionally Impossible. illegal. Yeah, the the same way like in the movie Gattaca, 
just an awesome film. In the movie Gattaca, they don't make it illegal not to be genetically modified. They just make it, in practice, impossible to succeed in society. Prohibitively difficult to just live, do basic things, you know? You price people out, yeah. Dude, I mean, I, I had to get my mom's uh, car title transferred to me. I mean, I went to the DMV in two cities, no less than six times before I was before I had all the appropriate documentation. You know, uh, so bureaucracy is a. Mm-hmm. And so this guy, like, it's terrible. You can't get a job. You can't get a house, a car, a bank loan of any sort. You know what I mean? And if you ever get jammed up with the law. Things immediately escalate. Who is this guy? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? What's your real name? I don't, oh, amnesia. I bet, buddy. Get in the car. Uh, So luckily, we said this was going to be a bit of a good news episode. Luckily, there is good news. DNA came into play. So we're going to pause for a word from our sponsors, and then we'll come back with some good news and some, well, you know the show, some disturbing questions. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. And we've returned. Okay, so we've discussed testing this person by looking at any potential documentation that could exist around him. Nope, can't check that box off. We've tested his fingerprints. Nope, not in any databases. We've even looked at his DNA, but it's not in databases either. There's another technique that is developing around this time in 2015. Uh, well, it's a little before that, but it's it's really becoming a more robust set of technologies and techniques called forensic genealogy, where you take somebody's DNA and you compare it to other samples of DNA that have been given, right? We've talked about this with uh, several cold different companies stuff. that do this, and yeah, we talked about it with cold cases like with the Golden State Killer. What if we run his genetic data through one of these processes? Yeah, and this is where we want to shout out a team of genealogical forensics uh, folks led by C.C. Moore, capital C.E., capital C.E. And Moore Moore gets into the trenches, right? And they're finding some relatively weak matches, but then they hit the motherlode, 
They find a very strong match. They they also find a couple of implied skeletons in the closet, uh, things that are described euphemistically as non-paternity events. Whole other bag of badgers doesn't really matter for this story. What does matter is that C.C. Moore and team found a connection for Benjamin Kyle, and he goes onto his Facebook page and he says the following. A little over two months ago, I was informed by C.C. Moore they had established my identity using DNA. Many people have shared their DNA profiles so that they may be compared with mine. Through a process of elimination, they determined my ancestral bloodline and who my relatives were. A DNA test taken by a close relative has confirmed that we are related. Uh, And this was all courtesy of Moore's company, the DNA Detectives.com, who spent two years working on this case. So it's not just like a Google search, you know, a genetic Google search. The word detectives here is pretty appropriate. So the guy says he always said back when he was BK Doe, he always said he vaguely thought he was from Indianapolis. He felt very certain that he knew his birthday and he related it to Michael Jackson, the king of pop. Uh, And he also had a couple of other vague spidey sense recollections. Cece Moore and her company, they mentioned DNA detectives, they go through this quite thorough process of elimination. Eventually, they find a family called the Powells, or a group of families. And then from there, they find a subgroup, a very specific set of Powells. And these Powells are in Lafayette, Indiana, ultimately... She and her team get to a high school yearbook from 1967 in the town. And in the book, she finds a picture of a guy named William Powell. He is in 10th grade when the picture is taken. Uh, he's wearing glasses. He's wearing plaid. You can, you can find the picture. And it's one of the, and, you know, they're at a weird point here because for a decade people have been looking at this picture of Benjamin Kyle and saying, hey, you look kind of like a guy I saw at a Waffle House. That's true. That's Someone said that. Uh, so now they're armed with DNA, right? So now a physical resemblance matters a lot more. At the same time, by the way, his life still stinks. He's forced off the grid because he doesn't have the paperwork and the ID that you need to exist in this country. Uh, an outfit out of Orlando, a nonprofit called iDignity. Get it? They, uh, they Are you sure it's not iDignity? I'm just joking. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> it's iDignity. Nitty. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so Nitty helps him out uh, with, get, with getting a Florida ID. And just a month later, it's November 21st, he officially finds out who he was or who he used to be, Q Gottye, uh, his real name, William Burgess Powell. It's a person he used to know. <laughs> Is that another reference? That's a person that he used to know. It is wow. a good song. Uh, he was right about his birthday. Right? And he was right about going with a B as a first name, Billy. Right, he probably mm. I've grown up. He was probably Billy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's very presumptuous of you, man. Billy is a very, it's a very diminutive nickname. You know, are you no kidding me? Should be should be saddled with the Billy. Tell I that bet. to Corgan, baby. It's a, yeah. He doesn't he doesn't even go by that anymore. He goes by William. Oh, oh, all right. He doesn't well, go by right. William. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so also, Billy, Billy's a little boy name. Shout out! I bet I bet the hardest of hard cases that listens to the show right now goes by Billy. Seriously, right? there and there. Oh, that's like having the name Little their John wet, when you're a big. They got fellow, their wet know? stone yeah. on their yeah. bayonet. You know, yeah, <laughs> Billy Magnuson. Right now, come on, let's go. So yeah, he he does go by Bill. It seems okay, but the mystery's not solved because. All this reporting, right, we found the name of the former identity, and it does not seem like the guy is faking. Nobody said, hey, this uh, Willie Powell jerk skipped town, and he's responsible for rampant selling of loose cigarettes and counterfeit stamps or anything. He's not running from anything. It's not a crime. But what happened? 
We don't know, man. Sometime in 1976, it looks like he cut ties with everyone. He took the first steps toward pseudocide. Uh, he abandoned his life. He was living in a mobile home at the time. He had a car. He just left him there and skipped town to Colorado uh, with a coworker. Yeah, and his brother attempted to find him for years. His brother Ooh. created a missing persons report, and his brother had been looking for him for 40 years, and he basically gave up. He was like, oh, it's been 40 years. This guy, he died somewhere. I just don't know, and that's Ooh. it, I guess. That's it. And William Powell slash Benjamin Kyle was 25 when he moved to Colorado. Also, you can find other reports that the home life of the Powells was not super great. The brother, Furman, whom, who we'll get to in a second, uh, he is on record in multiple sources saying that their father was at times abusive and that he believes his brother, William, got the worst of it. Yeah. Trauma, and, you know, well, amnesia. Let's say, yeah, that's that's the operative word, right, Ben? I mean, we were talking about this dissociative amnesia um, having, you know, been, I guess, diagnosed. Was it an official diagnosis or was it just sort of like I speculate that this is what it is? Anyway, whether, whether or not that's the case, uh, brought on by trauma, serious emotional trauma. Um, so we know that there's uh, some mental health issues at play that probably would have been at play, you know, from the beginning when, when, this, when this person did split town. Yeah. And uh, this, the neuropsychologist, uh, Jason King from Atlanta, is qualified to diagnose people with, with these states. So that's why we bring that guy up, because it's important to have an expert. It's not just someone who is not familiar with the, these like disciplines and assessments. It's a guy who knows what he's talking about. And uh, we'll get back to him in a second. What we need to know is that Again, our, our journalist here, Matt Wolf, was able to confirm by tracing Powell's security number that as William Powell, Benjamin Kyle, worked a couple of different jobs, at least until 1977. The last case is 1983. And from 1983 all the way to 2004, this guy was a ghost, which is very difficult to do. Um, C.C. Moore reaches out to the brother that you mentioned earlier, Matt, Furman Powell, and Benjamin, who now goes by Bill, ended up moving back to Indiana. In a great piece by the journal Courier, you can, you can see how his life has progressed. That Courier piece is from 2016, I think. Um, he's now just a regular dude. This summer, August is coming up as we record, Bill Powell, Benjamin Kyle, will be 75 years old. There's a happy ending, um, but there's a mysterious ending. No one's sure what happened. What could cause somebody to completely lose track of themselves, especially because people are obsessed with themselves? How would you just forget all that? Especially considering he wasn't on a bunch of drugs, right? Or at least he had been off of drugs for a long enough time to where they were not detectable within his system, right? Mm. It's not as though he was out drinking every night because again, alcohol was not detected in his system when he was found unresponsive or like mostly unresponsive. Um, it, I don't know, man. It feels like he did get in some kind of altercation at some point, because of those small indentations within his skull mm -hmm. that were first discovered when he was found, because that feels like some, you know, being hit mm, with something, yeah. probably not an impact from a fall. At least, again, that's, can't say that an for assault, certain, but that's just what, perhaps. you know, if you're deducing it. I, I don't know. It feels like he maybe did get rattled at some point when he was living rough. Mm -hmm. Right. And well, we also don't. Fair point. We also don't really know if he was living rough. Like the evidence yeah. is the fingernails and the beard. He might just not have been super into super into hygiene. Uh, more severe, like mild head injuries don't cause long-term amnesia, but more severe injuries can cause permanent amnesia. This guy is still rediscovering his life. You know what I mean? Imagine if you woke up one day and you found out that for decades you were you were a completely different person and you only had a few things in common you know 
Um, this is where we have to mention the good folks at the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System here in the U.S. Uh, street name, NAMUS. NAMAS NAMAS is part of the U.S. Department of Justice, and they have a lot of databases, but they're still struggling to assist what they call the, quote, living unidentified. And while Powell slash Kyle's case is the most famous by far, he's not unique. There are other living unidentified people. And I don't know, maybe we end it this way. Could he have faked it? Could he have faked the whole thing for some unknown reason? You know, um, there's a really, really excellent film uh, called Amoros Peros. There is a character who's like, uh, he's an assassin, but he looks like a vagrant. And he does that by design, where at the end, this is a minor spoiler, I guess, he um, he needs to make a getaway. So he trims his fingernails and he cuts off his beard and he looks like a completely different person. And I always thought that was really brilliant, like storytelling. It's like, oh, what a great way to operate under the radar, you know, like as, as kind of like, you know, because he's invisible for all intents and purposes. That's people don't regard folks like that with much attention, you know, so they can kind of float in and out and do what they need to do. Um, and that just always, this, this makes me think of that. To, to, I mean, I'm sorry, the roundabout way of saying, I don't think that he faked it, but if he did, maybe it was something like that and it would have to be hella calculated. You know what I mean? Like really to, 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 to trick this, this psychologist and Ben off mic, you pointed out the only way to truly know would be to do some really intense tests Hooked up to you know to monitor brainwaves, yeah. CT. You would have to you would have to do you would have to do active brain monitoring while asking polygraph level questions. Right? What day is it? And then measure brain activity. Right? What's your name? Measure brain activity. Right? Who is the president? And he knew these. He knew these third party facts. Like when he was in the hospital out in St. Joseph's, he knew who the president was. Like he, yeah, it's he true. Wasn't completely adrift. He even knew about the invasion of Iraq into in two thousand three. So he, yeah, guy was up to speed on a lot of things, just not himself. Which you know, not not to sound flip about it, but this is this is a real thing, and because people still don't know exactly how it happened, I like your theory, Matt, about uh, possible traumatic brain injury, just because it seems most logical and most plausible. But without knowing how it happened, we ha- can only speculate that it could happen again. It could happen to someone. I mean. Anybody walking down the street, could it happen? Cue cheesy, dramatic music to you. See, this is why we all, everybody on the planet, needs to get on the back of their neck a QR code tattooed that has wow. all of your wow. vital information. <laughs> your blood type, <laughs> list of your fears. You know what I mean? All your yeah, kinks. Yeah. Let's all just get the- a little tattoo on our inner wrists while we're at it. Huh? I think oh, that's a great Jesus. idea, guys. Let's We can oh, use the Freemasons no. to roll out the plan. Oh, It'll be perfect. Sure. No. Yeah, yeah. Elimination uh, Global Unlimited will be thrilled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so with a, with a shout out to IGU, uh, we're going to end it there, folks. We're going to pass the torch to you here. What do you think? It's It's a bit of a dilemma because, again, without some serious testing, that to our knowledge has not been conducted, it is functionally impossible to know the the absolute truth here. Now, I I, I will say that after we dug into this, I don't think he's faking. I, I think you would probably be offended. Someone's probably asked him. I'm sure the cops have. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't seem like this guy has been pretending. Uh, what do you think, folks? Let us know. We're all over the internet. Uh, Send us a picture of the QR code on the back of your neck. I know some of you got them. 
don't do that, really. I hope you could hear the sarcasm <laughs> that we emanated. <laughs> dripping, <laughs> dripping. <laughs> Let us know uh, if you support Matt's plan for a totalitarian future regime. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, look, can... it's coming, and it's going to happen, and we're, you're yeah, going to we have to do it. Might as well just that get on board. That doesn't make it right. <laughs> that doesn't let's make it right. Uh, let's just get on board. Uh, you can get on board with us via social media uh, by reaching out to us via Twitter, YouTube, or Facebook at the handle Conspiracy Stuff on Instagram and TikTok where Conspiracy Stuff show. I'm asking chat GPT right now. Should all people have ID codes tattooed on their bodies? Let's see. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> uh, if you like uh, chat, chat oh. GPT said tight. No, it didn't. It said, no, it, said as a, it said as an AI language model, I cannot blah, 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 blah. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I cannot dictate how I'm going to brand you. Uh, okay, so if you like to call people, call 1-833-STDWYTK. That's our voicemail system. When you call in, you've got three minutes. Please give yourself a cool nickname and let us know if we can use your name and message on the air. If you don't know who you are, please don't call in asking, you know, questions about who you are, because we're not going to be able to tell you. I'm so sorry. Uh, do reach out to the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System. If you've got more to say that can fit in that three minutes, why not instead send us a good old-fashioned email? We are. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 